Welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We bring you all the information you need about the EuroLeague. And in this episode, me and my co-hosts will bring you the recap of all the action of round 20 of the EuroLeague. My name is Andre, I'm your host, and these are my co-hosts, Tiago and Diogo. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm Diogo. Welcome to another episode of the European Hoops. Let's talk about ball. Let's go. First, let's uh, go over all the top news of the last week regarding the EuroLeague. Monaco uh, part ways with Mormon and several players join Euroleague teams. Shannon Evans joined Valencia, Nico Papas joined Paratinaikos, the Bost joined Asval, DJ Shelley joined Bayern, and Moneke joined Monaco. Uh, in my opinion, I think that the, the most important signing that you talked was uh, Shimi Moneke. I don't think the, the other guys that you mentioned will be important on the other team's run because they already out of the playoffs. Shimi Moneke is what I like in Monaco. Kind of like a 3-4 guy who's athletic. So I'm looking forward. Uh, but with Mormon departure, I see him playing a lot of, at the four position. I wanted him to play at the three to have the eye. Let's see. Uh, for me, uh, obviously, I think Chimas Moneke uh, signing is the most relevant out of these five. But I think Shannon Evans can actually help Valencia because with the with their win against Partizan this week, they are still in the hunt for the for the playoffs. Uh, it's not likely for them to get it, but maybe he can help them. Uh, he's a good point guard, so we'll see what he does. About Moneke, uh, I agree with Thiago about the, playing the three or the four with Adrian Mormon's departure I think we'll see more minutes at the four but John Brown is still there so uh, I hope he can, he can give them small forward play that they need give them a little size on that position and I think he can have a really good impact for them because they already have a, a very good team with a lot of guards who can score so I think he can complement them very well and I like their chances for the, this season some flexibility and he is a four he could play some three for them and um, I agree with you guys and I wonder if they can even play some extra small i don't know how well that will work in uh, euroleague but he gives them some good options and he will certainly help improving their defense and he fits their their style of play very well another big news that uh, have been going around uh, euroleague and is Faku campazzo not being able to to play for red star the this week there were some developments the euroleague made the decision to keep the ban that is in place because of Red Star violations of the, the rules. And uh, Red Star uh, tried to appeal to the International Court of Arbitration of for sports, but they lost because the rules are in place for, for a reason. The ban was given for a reason. And despite everybody involved, in, including the front office of the EuroLeague, wanting a player like Campazzo to play for them, the decision was made. And it's unlikely that he will be able to contribute to the, for the team until the end of February. Okay, let's get to review all the games and we had a lot of action and we started in the best possible way with a great game between Fenerbahce and Monaco. Mon Moneke wasn't registered yet and so he couldn't play for uh, Monaco. Jordan Lloyd was back but uh, he looked still very limited in only 14 minutes of play and uh, we got an excellent game and overtime thriller. Fenerbahce got the win over Monaco and Monaco showed some improvement re regarding their previous two games where they really struggled uh, with their offense. Motley was the best player on the court for Fenerbahce and led them to the win. Mike James fought to keep Monaco's hope alive and he scored uh, 23 points, had 6 assists and 6 rebounds and uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis have a game-winning block. What did you guys saw on this game and what are your takes about this game? 
about this game, the thing that I liked the most was you can compare the, the firepower that both teams have. Uh, but I think that Fenerbahce is, in my opinion, is way better uh, because they have the same firepower. Cody Wilbekin was doing amazing stuff. John Motley is helping them. But the thing that stands out the most for me, it's Nicoletis controls the game way better than Monaco guards. So the difference here is Nicoletis controlling the game. Uh, he had eight assists uh, and it's great to see him play. And then uh, Devin Booker helped them a lot you know, on the defensive rebounds and uh, even starting the game he scored like two triples in a row uh, so he helped them a lot on Monaco's side I like the lot underrated play that they have uh, that is Monte Yunus he thought pretty good against them but Motley was better uh, in the second half a question for you TX you were saying that Fenerbahce is a way better team and they have proven to be one of the top teams in EuroLeague do you think that with Monek and George Lloyd being at 100% Monaco can make up for that difference I see them kind of like in the same in the same level you know as I said because the, they have Monek okay but uh, Fenerbahce have a guy like N Nigel Ace Davis was very good but the difference maker for me it's Nick Aletis. he's playing really good he's playing free so I like Fenerbahce a lot for me uh, what I like one of the things I like the most about this game was Monaco started the game struggling like shooting the ball scoring the ball and one thing I love that Mike James did was he started getting to the line started getting some shots up and then that gave him confidence to, to perform the rest of the game and he played a, a very good game. Like like Thiago said, Nick Kalatish on fourth quarter, he controlled the whole game and he, he was even scoring, which is not regular. So I do believe Kalatish gives gives Fenerbahce a, a great advantage in any given game because he can really control the, the pace of the game and everything for them. Will Beckin and Motley played a very good game throughout, especially Will Beckin for me. Uh, his shot-making ability is just insane. But I do think Monaco can match up with them, especially when they get their guys back obviously Jordan Lloyd being at 100% and Monegi coming in on this part I don't agree with Thiago about Fenerbahce being better uh, maybe, I think they are better coached because Itudish obviously is a great coach and does a great job with them but I think uh, I like Monaco a lot man so I think if they meet like in the playoffs in the final four I think we will have a, a lot of good games between them but uh, I like Monaco though if you guys had to pick right now and let's start with uh, Diogo and then go to Tiago. In a playoff series, who will you have? I, I will have Monaco. Tiago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see, let's see, let's see how things but, evolve. But, but like, it can go both ways, obviously. Fenerbahce is a great team, but um, I just really like the Monaco style with the guard play and stuff, so I would go Monaco. Yeah, it's, it will be insanely competitive, and this game was a show of that with a beautiful overtime game that it was very enjoyable to, to watch. Okay, moving on, for the second game of the, the first day of round 20, had Maccabi and Alba playing each other. Maccabi won the game. Some bad news. Lorenzo Brown got uh, injured and uh, the team announced that he will be likely out two to three weeks. He will be reevaluated in uh, 10 days. The Maccabi won 87-74. Wade Baldwin was the MVP of the game with 33 points, six assists and three rebounds. And Procida was the best player for Alba with uh, 12 points. What are your takes about this game? So about this game, uh, Baldwin went crazy with the 33 points and well being efficient because uh, he scored like eight in 
13 in two points and scored uh, half of the three points that he took. So it was very efficient for me. But I'm, now I'm curious to see uh, what, they, what they will do without Lorenzo Brown, you know, because they're in the eighth spot. I don't see them now uh, being in the eighth spot because another F is even with their loss, is kind of like one loss away. So let's see what they got. On the Alba side, you know, Procida, uh, player I like the most, uh, he had 12 points, but not in the efficient way. But he's showing some potential uh, in, in Alba. He has a lot of space to do this mistake. So I'll see. I expected uh, Maccabi to win this one. Yeah, I also expected Maccabi to win this one. They keep their playoff hopes alive and they stayed the, the hardest team at home. Uh, obviously, Lorenzo Brown's injuries could hurt them a lot because it's so, so important for them controlling the game. Uh, I expect the next two to three weeks to be very tough on them because even though Wade Baldwin can carry a, a bit of that load, I think it will be harder for him to succeed because he's going to have to do a lot more and I don't know if maybe he faces double teams, but, but he's a great player so I think he can get it done. I just don't know if they can win and play at the same level that, that they used to with Lorenzo Brown. About Alba, I mean, Procida, like Thiago said, he's one of the, the best young players in the league and I also like him a lot. Uh, because Alba is basically done for the season like in terms of getting to the playoffs uh, I just hope that they hand him the, the keys uh, per se uh, to let him shine the rest of the of the year because I think the kid has a lot of potential potential and I like him a lot so we'll see what happens from now on. And the upcoming games want to be easy for them they they will have a double header with the Barcelona and Valencia uh, in the roads they will receive Red Star on 9th of February maybe they still won't have Lorenzo Brown by then so it won't be easy for them to, to stay in contention for, for the playoffs. And uh, they will visit on the next round uh, Olympiacos in, in Greece. Okay, moving on for the next game. We had uh, Virtus Bologna and Paratinaikos. Virtus Bologna won the game 74-64. For Bologna, they still didn't have Nico Mannion. Matsokas didn't play. Nico Papas wasn't registered to play yet for uh, Paratinaikos. Uh, Bologna bounced back after losing the last two at home. And uh, they got a win over Paratinaikos. That uh, is now in a 1-7 slump, losing seven games out of their last eight. Shengalia... Uh, had 16 points, 7 assists and 3 steals. Teodosic had 12 points and 4 assists and they were the leaders of this victory for Bologna. And Nate Walters was the best player for uh, Paratinaikos with uh, 15 points and 3 assists. What are your thoughts about this game? My takes on this game. I thought that Paratinaikos could turn around the bad moment that they're having against a weak uh, Virtus Bologna team. But the thing that stands out the most for me is the their 3-point percentage. You know, they got 27%. They have kind of like some good players Derek Williams uh, Dwayne Bacon but they they don't have too much space for what is lacking on this Panathinaikos team first of all I think this, this was a much needed win for Virtus um, they st they're still alive in the playoff hunt even though it will be hard for them but they do have experienced vets like Milos Bellinelli Daniel Hackett so they could be in the run uh, until the end and I think they will for Panathinaikos I mean it's just they're, they are now 1-7 in, in the last 8 games and I don't see how they how they will be able to turn this thing around. I think at home they can get some games, but I just don't see them uh, contending for the playoffs because I, I think the other teams that are on that fight are just better than them. So, so yeah, I don't I don't see it for Panathinaikos. Uh, for Virtus, it's about staying alive and 
and hoping that other teams lose some games in that run so they can try to step in. But it's it looks tough for both of these teams. One of the games to watch of this round was the game between Basconi and Barcelona. Marcus Woward was back after missing their previous round and Thomas Satoransky also returned for Barcelona after missing their previous three games. Barcelona won the game, uh, 78-85, and uh, conquered an important road win against Basconia, led by Nikola Miratic performance with 15 points and 6 rebounds. This is the fourth loss in a row for Basconia that have been following the standing. What your takes on these games and what do you guys think that is happening to Basconia? Uh, in my opinion, Basconia, for them to have a chance, their backcourt uh, with Marcus and Darius uh, has to work. And in this game, they, they didn't. They, they had an off night. Um, I like the Tadas Sederskis. He was all over. He, he scored like 16 points, 6 rebounds. I liked him a lot, but he had to add some help uh, and he didn't. Kotsar, uh, in my opinion, is playing really good on the center position and I like how he's improving. So... Uh, this game was a big game uh, for both teams because Basconia obviously was already on a three, three game losing streak and Barcelona uh, had to win to, to remain tied for their first seed. Mirotic obviously led the way for them. Uh, since he's been back, I think he's been playing very good and he could be MVP candidate had he not been injured for all that time. Uh, obviously, having Sadoransky back improves their game a lot because he can control the game and the rhythm, the pace of the game. Obviously, Jokubaitis is good and talented, but he's not the, the point guard that Sadoransky is so obviously that makes a, a huge difference for them. About Basconia, I think their most important player uh, and I agree with Thiago that their backcourt of Darius Thompson and Marcus Howard has to perform but I think their most important player is Pieria Henry and he was out and he has been out for like two or three games in which they've lost all of them uh, and I think he, could, he can control their offense better than Darius Thompson uh, and facilitates even better for Marcus Howard to, to score. So so I think without him, they are pretty limited and that shows with the, the results they've been having. Uh, I hope they, they can stay afloat to, to still make the playoffs because I like their games, their style a lot and I want to see them in the playoffs because with their style shooting so many threes and playing that fast, I think they can beat anybody even though they, they won't be favorites but I think they can beat anybody. So yeah, uh, I just hope Pierre Henry gets back quick because they really need him. First day of the round 20 ended with uh, a victory, 89-81 of Valencia over Partizan. Valencia was powered by Dublovic performance with 20 points, 6 rebounds and uh, got this 8-point win over Partizan that uh, had in Dante Exum 22 points, their best player for the night. What do you guys think about this game and how do you see these teams doing the rest of the season? For me, Partizan as one of the MVP candidates, Matthias Lezort, uh, but in this game he had 8 points, he was being double-teaming, so pretty difficult for him. Uh, I think that Partizan needs a three, some three-point shooters involved with with him because Dante Exum had a really good night shooting three and five from the three-point shooting but he's not a three-point shooter you know so for me well in this Partizan team uh, Valencia for me is one of my favorite teams to watch because they rotate the ball so well and they had 18 they're averaging like uh, 18 assists per game so they're a fun team to watch Webb the 
third uh, scored it was an early three-point shooter he made it like four and five so I liked him a lot too and for me the the one that stands out the most was Dublevich with 20 points he, he controlled the game he had an efficient night with five and five let's see I think that Valencia will be in the, in the playoff contention uh, I think they they, they could uh, lock the eighth spot let's see I agree with you Thiago about uh, what Partizan is liking uh, I think they do need some three-point shooting I mean, Kevin Bonner is a, a great score and sure too but it's not enough uh, I was hoping for more from Danilo Anzukic but it's not looking great for them but this is a very important win for Valencia because Partizan is a direct opponent in that playoff hunt so it's a great win for them uh, I do like Valencia's playing style but I think they They lack a bit, a little bit of star power, and that's why they don't. They are not a playoff team for, in my eyes. They could get in, but I just think it will be very hard for them. But yeah, both teams are still alive, so we can only hope to see what they do next and, and see if they can, if they can make it. Okay, moving on to the day two action of the round 20 of the Euroleague. The first game of the day was a surprise. Efes lost to Bayern Munich, 81-89. For Bayern, DJ Sealy wasn't been registered yet, so he couldn't play. Ost has been out since round 15 with an elbow injury have a, a week-to-week timetable to return and Lucic is still out also with an elbow injury the final score of this game was 81-89 the MVP of the game was Otello Hunter and the top performers were, were Otello Hunter with 18-9-8-2-1 Cassius Winston with 14-8-3 Elijah Bryant was the best for the FS team with 13-5-2 Bayer was very well prepared and well coached they had an impressive fourth quarter scoring with 30 points and they claimed the win behind the high level performance of Otello Hunter. They ended the regular season swiping the defending champions with two wins against them. Hey, I'm being honest with you. I thought that Anadolu Wef would kill Bayern uh, easily. But the thing that stands out the most is Otello Hunter. Impressive 18, 18 points while was being efficient, shooting three points, uh, rebounding. But the thing that stands out the most for me, it's Anadolu's F as a roster with Shane Larkin with uh, Elijah Clyburn but Clyburn had like four points uh, the stars that they had um, scored just four points eight points Misich appears with 15 but um, I don't know what's happening in another office I'm looking forward to see you think I, they are in trouble? they might getting in trouble they might getting in trouble with, they're, they're in the hate spot and teams are getting better you know with Srovenas uh, Vesda Valencia is playing really good so let's see what they got Maccabi Maccabi and Basconia on the other end uh, will go down I think but I think they're getting in trouble uh, yeah I, I I don't know if I can say they're getting in trouble yet but they are certainly heading in that direction it's just man, I've been a, a fan of Hefesh for like three to four years and I think this year is by far the most talented roster they ever had and I, I just don't understand how can they be losing so many games in the regular season I know they are a playoff team in terms of like what they where they want to play uh, they just get up for those big games but they gotta win these games man because I think they are 10 and 10 and they're like yeah, in, they the, in the ninth spot that's just It's not acceptable, bro. When you have Misich, Clyburn, Elijah Bryant, Shane Larkin, all of those guys, I mean, they shouldn't be doing this. Uh, you don't see no sense of urgency and it's just a very disappointing loss. On the other hand, uh, for Bayern, uh, I just wish they had a little more talent on that on that team. Obviously, they have injuries and they, they are important players for them. But uh, I think Trincheri is such a great coach. Them, I really wish they gave him uh, a better roster for him to, to coach and to build because I really think he's one of the best coaches 
coaches in the league. And unfortunately, Bayern is just too low on the standings now for to make an impact or to make the playoffs. But he's a great coach and uh, I just hope they get their guys back so that they can win some games. Yeah, after the game, Coach Trichieri said that uh, we just need someone to lead the way. He was pointing out that they need a leader on the floor and someone to, to help them getting these wins. Let's play a, a quick game. I will... Um give you teams that are potential adversaries for FS and round one of the playoffs and you guys uh, should answer me uh, who would you pick on that playoff series let's go Diogo first and then um, and then Tiago FS against Monaco FS FS okay FS against Barcelona FS <laughs> ah Barcelona <laughs> okay FS Fenerbahce FS <laughs> nah Fenerbahce Fenerbahce okay. already won against them okay F as Olympiacos. F. F. Okay. F as Real Madrid. F. F. Okay, impressive. This, If... is, this is this is the level where they're at though, because they would they would be practically favorites on any given matchup for the playoffs, but they just don't care during the reg. I don't know if they don't care, but it just looks like they don't care during the regular season. But obviously, they're still they still have like the best roster in the league, like for me at least. So it's just ridiculous, man. They the have fact such that great the, talent. This is not it's not acceptable, man. But the fact that the roster is so stacked, you know, that 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 doesn't help in my opinion too. You know, when you have guys like who who are going to the same places, you know what I mean. Uh, I don't think that that is helping them. Okay, but I, what I do think is like they have a very deep roster, but like I think it's pretty clear who are the the five best players or. or who should be the the closing lineup. I think like Shane Larkin, Misic, uh, Elijah Bryant, Will Clavern, and like Plyce. You can argue Plyce, Zizic, or Dunstan. Yeah, but I think it's pretty clear. And they are stacked and they could help on any given day. If they have injuries, they, they have guys that can step up. But 10 and 10 is just not acceptable, man. But You see, you only had Fenerbahce beating them in a, in a playoff series. I had nobody beating them in a playoff series. Nah, I had two. I had Barcelona too. Yeah, they they're gonna be looked at as favorites in most of the matchups. So they should just start playing, bro, because it's getting to a, uh, to a point now where they might get in trouble, like you said. Yeah, I think that that plays in in their favor is that the competition is so close, and although they are in ninth place, they are just three wins away from having home court advantage in in the first round of the playoffs. There. Are just three games away from the fourth place and they can they have the the talent to go in a run and be able to make up that difference and and be in the playoffs and even compete for having home court advantage what won't be easy of course what i wonder in these situations is if uh, as you guys just shown they are still able to be to trip it and be the champions again But will it be a good season? Like they basically laid back for 20 rounds or however long they keep playing like this and then they go on to win the championship? I guess so, but will it be satisfying for you guys to watch them being champions after the start of the season? The playoffs is what where we want, so I, I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are... Obviously, there are a lot of good teams. They can lose games. I'm, I don't think that's the problem. But it's just the... It seems like there's a, a lack of effort. And, and that's the problem to me. Because with a team that deep, you don't need to play Misic like 35 minutes every game. And that's one thing where I do like Ataman. It's, he plays his best players. Like, regardless of the rotation, uh, he plays his best players to win. But when you have such a deep team and it's not working, I think he, he should try other options. And play other guys 
just to see. And that, and he doesn't do that. He sticks to his guys, which obviously on big games, it works because they beat Barcelona both times. They Those big games, they always show up. And that's a great thing for them. But the games they're supposed to win, like last last night against Bayern, they just, I don't know, they get lost. So It's like they doesn't care that's, in these games. Yeah. That's why I think in a playoff setting, they they will perform because those are the games they want to, to play. And with them winning the last back-to-back, I think all they want is to get to the playoffs. Like, they don't care about this now. But first of all, you got to make the playoffs first. And that's the problem with them. They're just too relaxed, I think. Yeah. It might be a problem, but let's see if they are able to wake up and go in around and like just lock their position and, and fight for the title that they certainly aim to get. Okay, moving on for another great game. Zalgiri's Red Star, in for the ninth time this season, the arena in Kaunas was um, sold out. Zalgiri's got the win and it's their fourth win in a row. Uh, they won 71-66, led by their team captain and MVP of the game, Ulanovas. The um, he had the two crucial back-to-back three-point shots in clutch time. The best performance of this game was Lanovas himself with 14, 6 and 5. Polonara had a very important performance on the first half with 10 and 3. And for the Red Star, Petrushev was the, um, the best player on the floor with 16, 3, 2 and 1. What are your takes about this game and uh, how do you guys see uh, Zalgiris and Red Star competing for the playoff spots? And as we posed on Twitter, do you guys see Zalgiris being able to achieve home court advantage and uh, trying to use their powerful home crowd to take them to the final four? Hey, I love this game. I I really do, I really did. Uh, who Novas came up so clutch on the on the last in the last minute, uh, securing the those back to back triples. Uh, I loved it. Uh, Achille Polonara, I, I saw some stuff. He's kind of he's kind of like starting to helping them he, with the those three blocks, but he did some mistakes that I, I didn't like in the second half. On the other end, Cervantes uh, Vesa, uh, I didn't I didn't enjoy the the their game. Netovic scored eleven points in a inefficient way. And the other guys didn't show up. Uh, the, the only one who was showing up on the last 10 games, in my opinion, is Filip Petrushev, who's doing amazing in this uh, uh, in this Euro League. Um, for me, I'm waiting for Campasso to to helping them, but I don't think that he will help them doing the play, making the playoffs. You know, because they're they're with uh, 10 in 10, and other teams are coming. In my opinion, I, I don't think Salgiris has a chance to secure the home court advantage. Uh, I'm looking forward to see. I wanted that, uh, but I don't think that they they can. Okay, so let's stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah, about Zalgiris uh, maybe making the final four. I'm, I think it would be great for them if they made the playoffs because I just think other teams are more talented. But um, in this game, th- these two teams, I think there's one big similarity between the the two, which is just at home they're like they transform, like they're a complete a completely different team and they just dominate competition. Uh, and I think that happens a lot for them. I saw one quote from uh, Red Stars coach Ivanovic about Petrozev, where he was asked like about Petrozev playing a, a very good game, and he said, "Yeah, he played well." 
but who allowed Ulanovas to make those two three pointers at the end? <laughs> so, uh, I think that that was very funny from their coach. I mean, obviously, a lot of players have commented on like his methods, and I think he's just a, a workaholic, like four hours of practice and stuff like that. So you can understand his criticism of Petrosev on, on those plays. But I think he did play a good game and kept them alive to try and win that game. But Zalgiris ultimately just got it done at the end at home again. Uh, about Campazzo, um, I just hope that Red Star can stay in that playoff hunt until he comes back because I think with him, especially in the home games where they feed off of that crowd, I think the his passes, his fast break stuff, I think that probably will get even more into it and they will that will give them more energy and I think they will dominate teams when they're playing at home. So, yeah, I just hope he, co- he can come back in time for them to still make a run. One of the problems that they might face is that they, in the, their next five games and until they are able to have Campazzo back, they have three uh, road games and two home games. In the next round, they have the classic against Partizan at home where they might be favorites then they will play against Bologna, Milan, Maccabi and then they receive Alba Berlin at home might not be the the hardest uh, schedule that they have until they are able to add um, Campazzo but it will be interesting to see if they are able to keep up and stay close enough to to be to make the playoffs. Who agrees with you guys about Zalgiri's chances Ulanovas himself in his uh, post game interview he said that the need to play much much better if they want to see themselves as contenders and uh, as having chances to to make it to the final four so you you guys are into something here okay m- moving on to, to the game before last of this round Olympiacos and Real Madrid Olympiacos won the game 73-60 and uh, beat the team that was leading the standings heading into the into this round now there we have a four team uh, tie in first place all the teams with 13 wins and seven losses Olympiacos, Real Madrid, Fenerbahce and Barcelona are the leaders at this moment. For Olympiacos, it was a, a great uh, def- defensive performance, holding Real Madrid to only 60 points. The MVP of the game was uh, Sasha Zenkov, uh, despite being quiet and uh, having a, a poor performance in terms of his outside shooting. He ended the game with 15-5-1. Thomas Walcott was very important for Olympiacos with 18-2-2 and Poirier was the best for Real Madrid with 4-8, 1-1. How did you guys, did you saw this uh, low-scoring game and uh, Real Madrid with uh, many players down wasn't able to to keep their first place? What are your takes on this game, guys? I thought that this one would be a must-see, you know. Uh, I said it on on Twitter. Uh, But I thought that Real Madrid could could win this one even without some stars that they're lacking. Uh, Some guys are out. The the key here was Olympiacos' defense. They have one of the the better defensive players, in my opinion, that is Thomas Walkup, who can lock some star players like Zavan Musa. I I saw the game and he gave a clinic defending Musa, you know. And in the other end, on the offense, he did really good with 18 points. I really like this Olympiacos team. They're, they're my favorite team to watch. Uh, them and Fenerbahce. But I, I'm looking forward to see what they what they're going to do. They now they're in the first place. So let's see what they got. Uh, on this game, I think Real Madrid uh, felt the absences of Abalde, Nadia Goss and Sergio Rodriguez. Obviously, they had to play Sergio Lul at the point guard position, and that's something that I, I don't like very much because I see him as a, a shooting guard, a shooter basically. Uh, I don't like him controlling the offense even though he can do it at times uh, I just I just feel like he loses a lot of his game handling the ball because I like him better 
coming off screens, catching and shooting. I just think that's his job. So, yeah, they really struggled shooting the ball. I think they shot three for 25 from three. It's very hard for you to win a game, especially in today's game, shooting three for 25 from three. Olympiakos was struggling offensively too, like in the first half, but Thomas Walkup set the tone for them because Vezenkov was having a, a bad first half, at least in my eyes. He, he was missing a lot of shots and you could see he was getting frustrated, but Thomas Walkup set the tone and allowed them to, to, to stay in the lead until halftime and then they controlled the game in the second half. Uh, but one thing I want to point out, I, I really think Real Madrid needs to start figuring figuring it out. Like They can they can have a good enough record to, to have a home court advantage in the playoffs. Like I I don't think that's the point for them though uh, because they really need to improve their performance on the court like even with all those injuries they still have they can miss like three starters and still have a top three roster in the in the EuroLeague that's how deep they are but I don't know I, I just don't like watching them play I think they could do so much more uh, and yeah they are disappointing me very much this year I expected a lot more for them so yeah I think they, they need to figure it out quick or I think they will they will have some troubles in the playoffs let's uh, head into the last game of the rounds where the Milan received Asvel. This was a, a very competitive game until the, the last minutes. Asvel started the game better and was leading by five at the half. Milan came strong from halftime and uh, everything was tied at 57 heading into the, the fourth quarter. Jonah Matthews was the, the hero the, in the last three minutes with six points and one assist that led them to the win. Jonah Matthews finished the game with 17-5 and five and was the MVP. Alex Tayus had a very good performance for Asvel with seven 7-1-1 and Brandon Davis had the best individual performance despite his team losing with 26-8-2-1-1. and What did you guys thought about this game? About this game, I picked Asvel to to win because the they're one of the best defense on the on Euro League and they were playing against one of the one of the worst offense uh, on Euro League. So I picked them to to win. The thing that I, I liked the most in this game was the their new signing, Debos, controlling the game with six assists uh, with two steals. I liked a lot and the fact that none of the call with at this stage of his career is doing amazing stuff, being clutch. I really I really liked uh, what they what they're doing. And the other end. What I don't I don't I don't see Milano doing that much. Uh, I thought they would be way better at this point, but I I lost my hopes on them. So yeah, yeah. This is just a, a continuation of Milano being terrible offensively, really this year. Uh, obviously, Pengu, uh, Kevin Penguins being out and Shields too limits them a lot. But um, they should just be able to produce more offensively. They they have enough talent. To, to play better. Uh, I think Voigtman, uh, when they announced that they signed Pangos and Voigtman, I was like, man, these are great signings. Like, they could be really helpful for them and they could be a, a playoff team and maybe content. But I, I saw a stat yesterday that says Voigtman has missed his, like, 21 straight shots and he was just such an efficient shooter. Yeah, so I just hope that they could do more offensively. They, they have the talent for it. They just can't get it done. Uh, on the Asvel side of things, I John Matthews played a very good game and Nando is still one of the best players in Europe so they did a good job securing this win for them but yeah these are two teams that I don't see making the playoffs or even making a run at it you guys think that um, that the Milan coach will consider to fire himself I think it's possible because for the last like three years Milano has 
has had a roster like to contend and they just always fall short like last year I think they were the third seed in the regular season and they got bounced out in the first round they just they can't produce offensively like it's not just this year this has been a constant for the past few years uh, I think they made the final four two years ago or three years ago but when they lost Kevin Punner to Partizan they just they just haven't been good offensively and that's a big problem so yeah their coach he had that that quote a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago saying that maybe this was enough because they've been so bad so yeah I think it's a possibility for sure something has to switch so let's see who's the weaker part yeah because Messina besides being the coach he's also the president of basketball operations and he, he has a lot of power in the club and he said that if the owners ever think that the best for the club is for him to stop coaching he would but at the moment him and the ownership don't feel that there is the need for making switches that everything is going well but the team is in last place in the standings with only six wins in 20 rounds so not everything seems to be going well in Milan okay guys this was a great episode thank you both uh, everybody make sure to subscribe to our podcast follow us on twitter at european underscore hoops and see you guys soon for a preview of next round of Euroleague thank you stay tuned thank you guys see you all next time